Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tuesday, April 18th, 2017 here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. On this episode, we welcome in Scott Karasik to break down some of your very basic NFL draft bits, a couple of guys that the Patriots might draft and a couple of guys who might fall out of the top 10. We'll be breaking down some of the news from this past week as well. Pretty quiet week, but we'll still make it entertaining. Enjoy the show. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Patriots Beat Podcast. I am your host, Harris Rubenstein. Very happy to be with you on this beautiful Tuesday. Remember to go find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash clnsfans. clnsfans, excuse me, and go find us on Twitter at clnsradio. And go find me on Twitter at clns underscore sportsteen. Very happy to be back with you guys on this beautiful Tuesday. However, it is a... It has been quite the quiet week. Not too much has been going on this week in Patriots news, but we'll break down everything that's been coming along. We'll welcome in Scott Karasik on later to break down a little NFL draft news. I also want to go over the running back position, and he will be helping us do that as well. So without further ado as well, uh, congratulations to all of those who participated in the Boston Marathon. Happy Patriots Day to the state of Massachusetts. Red Sox got that 4-3 to W. Please remember to go listen to the Red Sox Beat podcast. Also brought to you by CLNS Radio. Uh, big time win for the Red Sox on Patriots Day taking the W 4-2-3. So let's get right into it because the, the, the big Patriots news of the week has more or less come from... Um, we're on to mock draft territory. So now, you know, everyone's predicting, hey, here come, here come the first round trades. There goes Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to get traded. He's, he's still, uh, he's still not going to be traded. I don't know how many times we have to go over this topic as I slowly rub my face in abject disgust. They're not trading him. 
They're not trading him for the first pick. They're not trading him for number 11. They're not trading him for 33. They're not trading him for three first-round picks over the next three years. Jimmy Garoppolo will be on the New England Patriots next year. If he is not, I will admit that I was wrong and say that every single other person in the world right now also thinks that he's not going to get traded. The fact that we've had mock drafts all week, they're like, oh, what if the Patriots traded off, we'll trade him. It's like, no, no. No, it's just like, stop trying to make it happen. It's like a totally media-run thing, as we'll, um, as we'll hear from Scott Karasik later. So, it's definitely not going to happen. It just kind of makes me angry. Anyway, a uh, couple other things that have been going on so far while we've, uh, you know, while this week has gone on. There's been a lot of analysis of the Patriots running back position. And if you look at the Patriots running back position, obviously, Deion Lewis and James White are two of the better pass-catching running backs in the NFL. But the Patriots needed a little, uh, they needed a legitimate uh, running back to take the carries. And until they signed LeGarrette Blunt, that man is Rex Burkhead. We actually haven't talked at all about Rex Burkhead uh, over the past couple of uh, episodes. Uh, Rex Burkhead signed to, I believe, a two-year deal, a one-year deal, or I forget what they signed to. I know that they at least gave him $3 million a year. Now, if you're the New England Patriots and you're like, oh, how much money do we want to give our starting running back? $3 million is probably the maximum amount of money that they're going to pay him. So if you ask me, I truly believe that the Patriots already have their uh, already have their starting running back, and that is going to be Rex Burkhead. I know that sounds crazy because Rex Burkhead really hasn't started or been a starting running back in the NFL for a very, very long time. I don't... I think he started a couple games to the Bengals, but they always t- they always talked about how powerful and consistent of a runner Rex Burkhead is. You know, you just go read the stories that the old Bengals writers would write about them, and it was pretty surprising to hear how good he was. They were very, very impressed whenever he got the ball and he actually got a chance to run the ball. Obviously, he got kind of uh, beat out by Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill, but... A lot of the Bengals writers think that he was better than both of them. So, you know, you get this guy, Rex Burkhead, who they're paying $3 million a year. I mean, do you really use three to three years younger than LeGarrette Blunt? So do you want to even re-sign LeGarrette Blunt? I think he deserves a new contract. I think he deserves at least one more year with the Pats. However... You know, we'll we'll see. It's 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 going to be really difficult for them to be. It's going to be difficult for the Red Sox as a team to kind of think to themselves, okay, are we really going to spend more money on running backs when we've already given a ton of money to Burkhead? We already have Deion Lewis and James White under contract. We haven't spent a lot of money on running backs in the past, so. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think this whole episode with the Garrett Blunt is kind of annoying and it's a little bit disrespectful. I think if you're a Patriots fan, while you are happy with their offseason moves, you also have to be a little bit disappointed that they've been very cutthroat with a lot of very, very, very uh, well-liked players and very powerful players as well inside of the roster. So if you ask me, I, I like how they've been 
uh, done this offseason, but I really don't like how they've treated some of the players, obviously being Malcolm Butler. I don't like how they uh, they treated Amendola in the beginning of the year with all of the uh, rumors about cutting him. I really, do, I really don't like how they're treating the Garrett Blunt now. So that's just kind of the nature of the beast when it comes to the Patriots, but... You know, there are always things to be improved on. But we're going to take our first quick break. When we come back, we are going to break down the rest of the Patriots news from the week. And then we will intro our good buddy Scott Karasik to break down our draft episode of the week. It's a new year, which means a fresh start for your business. And a great year starts with making great hires. But posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you just need to post your job on all the top job sites and now you can. With ZipRecruiter, you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017, post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. And right now, my listeners can post job on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. So one more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-F-A-N. All right, team. Welcome back. Not a lot going on this week. Obviously, the uh, the focus of the Boston sports world is currently on the Celtics and the Bruins, both in the playoffs. The Red Sox have been playing good baseball ever since everyone started to finally get healthy. So the Patriots have faded into the background a little bit. So uh, please remember to go uh, listen to the other corresponding uh, sports beat podcast that Seattle Radio has. They obviously are going to be covering every single playoff game. Uh, the Red Sox beat is going to be covering, uh, or at least talking about every single game when they release their episodes. I believe, I believe they are twice a week anyway. So yeah, I'm sure they'll. I definitely know that they cover most, if not all. Uh, Red Sox game. So anyway, the uh, Patriots, I believe, reported for workouts today. Uh, good news. Gronkowski, Edelman, Stephon Gilmore, Brandon Cooks, all of them were there, which is a always a good sign. Uh, Malcolm Butler was not there. Malcolm Butler was in Disney for his son's birthday. So everyone relaxed. He didn't skip practice. He was simply uh, spending a good old-fashioned father-son day in, um, in Disney, was it? I believe it was in Disney, where uh, I saw the report earlier today. Yeah, I believe it was Disney. So, good for uh, good for uh, Malcolm Butler. Great idea. I believe I'm going to Disney next weekend, so that would be a really fun thing. Uh, I'd also, you know, I, I'd also be very surprised at this point if Malcolm Butler didn't sign his tender. Uh, the last day he can get offered an offer sheet, uh, ironically, is Friday. So, that's probably not going to happen. Um Good for uh, well, not excuse that's good for the Patriots, but we will we will see. There might be a surprise coming. Who knows? Wouldn't it be surprised if the Saints still trying to make a move just to throw a small contract out there, just so the Patriots might have to might have to match it. So anyway, that's actually going to be be it for me today, guys. We're going to welcome in Scott Karasik. He's going to break down some draft stuff for us. We're gonna have a good time, and then uh, we'll get back to you guys for the exit, and we'll let you guys know what uh, what our shows for the rest of the week are going to look like. And uh, that's it for me. I'll see you in a little bit. 
Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. I know that me personally, when I was living in a college dorm, I used Blue Apron in order to get my fresh ingredients so that me and my roommate Jack could cook up some nice meals, maybe some fresh steaks, maybe some good chili, some quality stuff. And it's also a very fun holiday gift. So maybe for a nice Valentine's Day gift or a nice birthday gift coming up, I would give it to, I wouldn't give it to a girlfriend, obviously Blue Apron would be a little rough, but give it to a family member. Maybe they can get some high quality ingredients in their life for less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home cooked meals. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family run farms, fisheries. And ranchers, whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. So check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash patriots. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash patriots. Blue Apron a better way to cook. Welcome back into Patriots Beat. It is now time for our featured guest segment. This week, we are very happy to welcome back in Scott Karasik, uh, the Falcons Pro Football Central host, one of their radio hosts, and as well as he's kind of one of my favorite draft nicks on Twitter, a uh, guy for Falcon Wire as well. Scott, thank you for joining us. Hey, I'm glad, I'm glad to join y'all. Very I'm nice. So, on. you know, let's just get right into things. We have... We're about a week now. No, excuse me, ten days away uh, from the uh, from the NFL draft, twenty seventeen. Patriots do not have a first round pick this year. However, we don't need one because we want to get to know some late round draft picks. So, a couple guys I want to ask you about. First guy uh, that the Patriots have been lined up with here is a guy by the name of Julian Davenport, who is an offensive lineman, kind of from a small school. He's had two visits now with the Patriots. What do you know about this guy? I- I've never heard of him before. Davenport's a hell of a football player. He's not really a left tackle in the NFL from what I've seen. Um, He just doesn't handle speed very well. But if you put him on the inside at guard, either left or right, maybe even center, maybe even right tackle, I would take him in a heartbeat. I just don't think he moves well enough to his left to be a left tackle in the NFL. But he's a hell of a blocker. He's good in the zone scheme. He's good in the man scheme. Y'all run a lot of inside zone and outside zone with your offensive line. So I think he'd be a great fit for y'all in, like, late third, late fourth round. He seems like a guy, because the Patriots haven't had a good swing tackle in a while. Cameron Fleming didn't really pan out the way that they were hoping to, and Marcus Cannon obviously became the right tackle. Is he that kind of swing tackle, number three guy you can bring in in the run game? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to play him every now and again, I'm okay with it. But anything more than that, I don't know if it's needed. So let's go over to the wide receiver position because this is one that's a little bit tougher if you're um, if you're a Patriots fan. Obviously, they just got Brandon Cooks uh, this offseason t- uh, taken from your division rival Saints. So you're welcome for that one. But I do appreciate that. <laughs> exactly. So who are some guys, uh, late-round wide receivers, you think the Patriots might touch? Because obviously this wide receiver class is incredibly top-heavy. But who are some later-round guys that you think uh, we could see a couple guys go for? I mean, y'all don't really, just from my perspective, y'all don't need a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Y'all got Malcolm Mitchell. Y'all got Brandon Cooks. Y'all got Edelman. 
And then you got Hogan. I mean, and I think Hogan's probably a four on any team in the NFL, like a good, effective possession number four in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he's going to be for y'all. And I think that's his his best possible fit. So you think, think that that's what you guys need to use him as? So they slide Hogan down to kind of the four slot and let Brandon Cooks take over for whatever Hogan was doing last year. Well, I mean, you're not going to use Cooks the way you use Hogan. You're probably going to use Cooks the way you guys used Amendola, plus a little bit of how you guys used Edelman. Um, and then Edelman will probably be all number two. So I'd say you guys probably have your number one is Cooks, your number two is Edelman, and then your big three is going to be Mitchell. I just think Mitchell's way better than uh, Hogan is, and that's that might be my Georgia bias from watching him at UGA mm-hmm. quite often, but he's just better. Like, he's faster, he's about the same size, he's big, he uses his body well, he runs good routes. Like, my my thought was he just needs to get in, come in sync with a quarterback, and I think if he's in sync with Brady, that's your guy, and that's your true long-term number two when Edelman has to leave. So when you look at a guy like Malcolm Mitchell and you look at the draft class that's coming up, where do you think he would slot in with this draft class? Would he be more of a of a second-round guy with this draft? Where does he slot in? Or would he? I'd slot him in as a nice, solid mid-second rounder in the okay. class. Perfect. So I, mean, I don't think you need a receiver. I personally, I'm just hoping that they uh, that they stay away from him because, to be totally honest, Malcolm Mitchell's the first young wide receiver they've drafted that's actually worth anything the past I don't know decade. Aaron Dobson was the biggest bust that they've had in so long. Yeah, Dobson's not good. No, Do- Dobson. I thought they reached when they dropped when they drafted him. I thought I think that they they saw him make a couple sick catches at Marshall and forgot that they also had that. Who was that quarterback for Marshall for a couple years in there? He was insane. Uh, I forget. I forget. He was but so I good though. He was good. He was insane. So moving away from the wide receiver position, uh, I want to look at the running back position because right now that's one thing I do think the Patriots need to look at. They have a lot of guys who can do the same thing. James White and Deion Lewis and DJ Foss can do the same thing. And then Rex Burkhead, we've never really seen him given a starting role in the NFL before. He had a couple starts here and there with the Bengals. But the Patriots like to have a big, thick guy come in. They might not bring back Blunt. Is there a guy in this draft that they can draft that's a little bit younger than Blunt but does the same thing? I mean, I wouldn't look for a guy who's exactly like Blunt. I'd look for a guy who gives you a true zone runner. I mean, Blunt's Blunt's nice and all, but you want a guy who can get the ball, go four and a half yards of carry on average, Mm -hmm. and break those big runs when you need them. Like a guy like Brian Hill out of Wyoming – in the late rounds would be a perfect fit for y'all's team. Mm-hmm. He can do that one cut and go action you guys need in your offense. And that that's who I would pick if I was the Patriots, is Brian Hill. Brian Hill out of Wyoming. Where does he where do you think he'll end up going? Fifth round, sixth round? Sixth or seventh round. Okay. Nice. They just they usually they'll pick up one or two of those guys randomly throughout the draft. They just this this year I feel like there's just so many dudes in the late rounds of these picks that are going to be just they're going to be stars. I don't know who they are yet, but this is going to be a crazy late round draft. Oh yeah, it, it's going to be great in the fourth through the seventh, especially for running backs. You don't have a lot of those like I don't think there's a Devontae Freeman of the bunch. I'll put it that way. There's not a guy who's going to be taken in the fourth round and be an All Pro. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have a bunch of guys who can be at least that Arian Foster. Because like, I don't think Arian Foster was really that good. He mm-hmm. just had a lot of volume, and that's why he went to Pro Bowls. 
I think he's going to have a lot of guys that are going to be like that Arian Foster or they're going to be that change of pace guy. Like if you guys took TJ Logan out of, um, out of North Carolina, that'd be a good one too. Maybe even Hood out of North Carolina. Okay, Those very are two nice. guys that would be good fits for what you guys do. Very nice. So one thing that I want to uh, also get from you, because now we're starting to get into mock draft territories and ever start releasing stuff. But for some reason, it, we're, we're going through the, the same old stuff again with this Jimmy Garoppolo getting traded to the Browns. Now apparently all the mocks are that he's going to get traded for number one overall, which is absolutely insane if you ask me. Do you believe any of this crap or is, is that just what this is? The whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing's media-driven. There's not a single thing I've heard from the Browns camp that says, hey, let's trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. They're like, if they'll take 33 overall straight up for him, we'll do it. Otherwise, it ain't worth it. It's not worth the headache. Where do you think the Where do you think the Browns go then with quarterback? Do they go to Do they go with the Cleveland kid with Trubinsky at one? Where do they go with that? Because obviously Cody Kessler isn't enough. Now they're going to take um, Garrett at one. That's they better. If you hear anything else between now and draft day, that's like the worst kept secret in the league is that they're taking Miles Garrett at one. Yeah. Now at twelve is where it gets interesting. They might want to trade up with the Jets. And if they trade up Ooh. with the Jets, they'll trade twelve and probably thirty three. And that second round pick they got from uh the Osweiler trade next year to trade from twelve to like five or six mm-hmm. to make sure they can secure either Watson or Mahomes. Those are the guys they love. They oh, really so you like don't think they touch Trubinsky? Or do you think Trubinsky's gonna be gone? No, I think Trubisky's a smokescreen. Ooh, interesting. So where does he go then? Does he fall into the second round? No, I mean, I think Trubisky's floor is probably in the mid-20s. Okay. Uh, The Houston or um, maybe even at 13 to Arizona. They seem to love those wacky quarterbacks. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, another team that I also thought that he might go to is the Giants, and they finally uh, take Eli Manning's replacement. No, I think the Giants want to see what they've got in Geno Smith. Geno Smith is still only 25 years old. True, very true. And and when he was coming out, I had a super high grade on him, but he was given up on by the Jets because, let's face it, Rex Ryan's a moron. And the Jets can't do anything right anyway. <laughs> exactly. So looking at the top ten of this draft, you know, moving away from just the Patriots stuff to draft stuff in general – this top ten is going to be absolutely loaded, but one guy that I've I that I keep hearing might drop out of the top ten, and if he does, the Pats might make a move. Is Reuben Foster? Is is he actually going to fall out of the top ten? Is Hassan Reddick going to take over for the top inside linebacker? What's going on with Foster? Is this just posturing? No, Foster may go in the mid twenties, maybe even later. Like the idea that he was a top ten prospect, that's never been something teams thought interesting where do they have him then mid like mid the mid-teens most of them have him in the mid-teens like okay. i've been told they probably think he's going to get taken in the mid-teens to a team that needs a that franchise middle linebacker but a franchise middle linebacker you can find in the second third round now mm-hmm. so teams are starting to devalue it what about his son who oh Deion so, jones right because obviously the Deion falcons jones. got him he's insane yeah, that's your franchise guy. They took him at 46 right. or 45. So, I mean, you, you don't really need to worry too much about – when you're seeing teams take guys at 45, plugging them in, and boom, there's your starting middle linebacker for years, you don't need to take a guy super high to be that franchise middle linebacker. Right. 
So what about the guy? Uh, what about uh, Hassan Reddick? Is Hassan Reddick going to go higher than Ruben Foster? Because he his draft stock's been flying over the past two months since the Senior Bowl. Yeah, because Hassan Reddick's probably better in coverage. Ooh. He's definitely a better pass rusher. He provides more on third down than what Foster does right now. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go. He's. I guarantee you, he gets taken before Ruben Foster. Ooh. Like I'm personally putting money on that <laughs> with in Vegas. Like, I like I'm, that. That's not even a question. Ruben, all right, so Hassan Reddick will go before Ruben Foster. I'm going to hold you to that. Go for it. So another – one more uh, posturing that I kind of wanted to hear from your end because the other big-time one-two that I think is kind of up in the air is, again, at wide receiver with John Ross and Corey Davis. Who do you think is going to get picked first? Mike Williams. Oh. Why Mike, Mike Williams, Williams over Corey Davis? Because Mike Williams provides that guy that can make those insane contested catches, and that's huge in the NFL right now. When you look at what Julio Jones did in the Super Bowl, teams want that guy who can go in, and even though there's a guy right in front of him playing perfect coverage, just go up and snatch the ball out of the air and moss him. Is Mike Williams as good as Julio Jones was coming out of college? No, but he's probably as good as A.J. Green was. Oh, okay. That that that's a good comparison then. Because whenever I'm I'm seeing all this stuff about John Ross is somehow better than Corey Davis, and every time I watch Corey Davis, he catches everything. The guy reminds me kind of a Roddy White. He just he catches everything. I think that's a pretty solid comparison for him actually, but Corey Davis is way better than Roddy White was coming out. Right. Cuz obviously Roddy White was a well, third round pick, fourth round pick from UAB? No. Roddy was a first-round pick, but he was a first-round pick who wasn't good until his third year. He okay. needed Joe Horn to smack him around and be like, yo, you have all the talent in the world. Quit being a punk. Just play like you can, and you'll be a top-ten receiver in the NFL. Okay. And Roddy took it to heart and was like, well, Joe Horn's been there. He knows. Mm-hmm. And Roddy's a fringe Hall of Famer right now. Oh, Ooh, a fringe Hall of Famer. I like that. I, I, hey, Roddy White was one of the most iconic wide receivers Throughout my entire childhood, I love Ronnie White. Yeah, I mean, and he was always a top five receiver for like, what was it, 2007 to 2011, mm-hmm. those five years of dominance that you need. He was always in that top three or four discussion. You'd be like, all right, well, who are the top receivers? You got Calvin Johnson, you got Andre Johnson, and then you're like, somebody, and then Roddy White. Like, <laughs> Roddy White would always be in that conversation. Just, he, he, was, he was insane. So one other question here uh, I want to get from you, uh, Scott. So we ha- we've had a couple other draft guys come on. We had uh, Jared Brown, Charles McDonald, uh, Justice from uh, Setting the Edge. All of them kind of – I had them all choose one guy who they just hung their heads on, hats on, and that was their guy. Justice took Deshaun Kaiser. Charles took Jaleel Johnson. Uh, Jared Brown took Raekwon McMillan. Who is your guy that you're this this is my guy, he's gonna be incredible. Who's your dude? Jordan Willis out of Kansas State. Okay, who's Jordan Willis? So Jordan Willis is a defensive end. He played at Kansas State. He normally played strong side end for them. But I think in the in the NFL he plays more of that weak side role mm-hmm. where he plays in the in the system where he plays that strong side end and he'll flip between the two. Um, he's a true athlete. And he's just starting to harness his football abilities. He, he's what I like to call a Ricky Bobby pass rusher. He's fast. He's strong. He's got all the tools, but he has no idea how to use any of them at, right, <laughs> at this second. Like, he has no idea how to use his hands. Like, once he gets in with a good coach who knows how to teach him how to use his hands, who knows how to teach him how to pass rush, 
he'll be that guy. He'll be like athletically, he's just as good, if not better, than Demarcus Ware. Ooh. And it shows up on film. It, the question is whether he can turn it into ten sacks a year the way Demarcus Ware did. I was going to say that, that he sounds kind of like what Ziggy Ansa had coming out of college, where he just he's just this insane athlete, but just doesn't really know how to play football that well yet. That's a good comparison as well, Ziggy Ansa. I mean, honestly, he plays a lot like Everson Griffin, and Everson Griffin took a mm-hmm. couple of years before he figured right. it out too. But once he figured it out, he's been an eight to twelve sack guy every and, single year. And Pro Bowl and great run defense and Pro Bowl, yeah, and that, exactly. I think that's what you're going to get with Jordan Willis when he figures it out. All right, you may not get twenty sacks, but you'll get mm-hmm. eight to twelve, and you'll get a Pro Bowl guy who can stop the run. Hey, you know, and and uh, in these days, uh, the only guy you're going to find that can really do that on a year to year basis is JPP, and he just got paid what eighty million dollars or something. Exactly. So that's the guy you're looking for. Well. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Jordan Willis, we're going to write down your uh, your guys in the name, and then we'll be on uh, the lookout for him with our post-draft talk. But, Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Anything you want to plug before you go? Yeah, just check out all my – I've been doing scouting reports up at uh, Falcons Wire. I've also got a couple features coming up soon. Like, it's all Falcons-related, but how the Falcons are going to address the draft, what would happen if they didn't take a guard in the first four rounds, mm-hmm. just a couple of things like that. So just check my stuff out. And add me on Twitter. I'm always down to talk football. If you troll me, I'm just going to laugh at you. Because <laughs> um, people do it all the time anyway. Yeah, I feel that. I definitely feel that. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great rest of the day, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you after the draft. Sounds good. Have a good day. You too. All right, team, that's going to do it for this week's Patriots Beat Podcast. Please remember to give us a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. We will be back with you guys on Friday to do a little bit more draft work before we do our Patriots Beat Mock Draft next Tuesday before the draft on Thursday. Very excited to bring that, guys, with you. We will be doing a full first-round mock draft, including the Patriots' possible trade into the first round. So definitely keep a lookout for that. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks again to Scott Karasik for coming on. Thanks to Larry, Nick, and Mike, as always. Thanks to Josh and Morrison High 209 for the music as well. That's going to do for me this week, guys. Can't wait to see you guys, hopefully, on the next episode of Patriots Beat. Enjoy your guys' week.